0: Welcome to Education Beat. Aman Vasquez, CEO of EdSource. Across California last year, conservative groups recruited and trained dozens of candidates to run for school boards. In Temecula Valley Unified, a small district between Los Angeles and San Diego, several of these candidates won seats. Since then, the district's school board has banned critical race theory, temporarily removed a social studies curriculum over a mention of LGBTQ activist Harvey Milk, and passed measures that would require school officials to notify parents if their children show signs of being transgender. They also removed a drama teacher from the classroom. I was told I would have to have an escort to go from the office to my classroom where I'd worked for five years, where I had just been all morning. What happened in the months after that removal? And how is it affecting other teachers and students? Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stabley. When
1: Greg Bailey was in high school, he was in the musical Pirates of Penzance. He played Major General Stanley. And recently, he found an old program from the show. Inside, there were bios of all the actors.
0: And it says that I wanted to go to college at the University of Northern Colorado to study acting and one day be a high school drama teacher.
1: Now, Greg is a high school drama teacher at Temecula Valley High School, and he loves his job.
0: My favorite thing about teaching is watching the lights turn on. When you have students who are really working hard to try and master a concept or figure something out, and you try and give them feedback from any angle you can to just to get them to, to figure it out. But the moment, that moment that you actually see them recognize what they need to do and, and then have them follow through with it, that is, that's the most exciting thing I know about, is when I can say, I taught that kid that, and they're never going to forget it.
1: One of the classes Greg teaches is Drama One. And in that class, he has a unit on American playwrights. The idea is for students to read a great American play. So Greg has a list of 10 plays that students can choose from.
0: I tried to find the 10 playwrights that represented a good cross-section of American culture and whose plays were the best we had to offer. Uh, I have plays from Arthur Miller, Tennessee Williams, August Wilson, Sam Shepard, Neil Simon, classic Pulitzer Prize-winning playwrights.
1: One of the plays students can choose to read is Angels in America by Tony Kushner. It's a Pulitzer Prize-winning play that deals with the AIDS epidemic in New York during the 1980s.
0: The reason is because it truly is widely considered by most people who know to be the best play written on planet Earth in the last 50 years. Um, It is an important piece of art and culture um, for an important cross-section of our community. And it's the most important work of theater that talks about and illustrates the lives of LGBTQ plus people.
1: So the students get together in groups and they pick their plays to read And afterward, each group prepares a monologue, a scene to perform, and they also do either costume design or set design from the play that they read. Greg's students had been working on the assignment for more than a month. And then on May 12th, Greg opened his mailbox and found a printed copy of an email from a parent complaining about him teaching Angels in America. He was called into the principal's office, and soon after that, things escalated. This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stavely. This week, a teacher removed, a play censored, and the chilling effect that followed. At a school board meeting the day after Greg's meeting with the principal, the parent who sent the email, Tracy Nolasco, said her child was required to read the entirety of the play Angels in America, which included sexually explicit material. Specifically, she referenced one scene. In it, a man who is dealing with the pain of his partner dying of AIDS has sex with another man in a park. My question to you is what justifies assigning material like this to a minor? How can a school justify the violation of innocence? Then Pastor Tim Thompson spoke. Thompson worked hard to get the most recent board members elected, including holding a rally at his church.
2: The man who is responsible for allowing the child to be exposed to this is a groomer. This is grooming behavior. This is perverted behavior. I'm calling on the entire district to fire this man. He has no business being around the children in our community. No business at all.
1: This claim, that Greg was, quote, grooming students, it's a term often used to falsely and misleadingly link LGBTQ people or education about LGBTQ people to the actions of child molesters. The next day, while Greg was taking attendance during first period, he was pulled out of his classroom by a security guard and placed on paid leave by the school board.
0: I was not even allowed to walk unaccompanied back to my classroom to get my lunchbox. I was told I would have to have an escort to go from the office to my classroom where I'd worked for five years, where I had just been all morning hanging out with students before I'd been pulled out.
1: His removal left his students in the hands of a long-term sub and the theater department that he runs in limbo. The Temecula Valley Unified School District did not respond to multiple requests for comment on Greg Bailey. Greg Bailey but here's school board member Jennifer Wiersma from a meeting on June 27th.
2: We wanna be sure that our students are protected, okay? You as a parent have the right to check out any book that you want on your time. It's important for us within the board and also as a district to protect these students equitably. I don't know if any of you have taken the time to talk to Mrs. Nolasco and what her daughter has gone through and being exposed to 109 f-words obscene gay sexual activities in the in the play itself there is no room to have pornography in our schools
1: and here's board member danny gonzalez
2: to be honest with you i'm really surprised that we're arguing about things like uh, outright pornography or other obscene materials so um the these terms are all defined webster's dictionary is a good source School districts do have every right to ban or prohibit books or curriculum for obscene materials and vulgarity.
1: Greg is the first to admit that some scenes from Angels in America have adult content and curse words. He says he spends a whole class period telling the students about all the plays they can choose from and letting them know beforehand about the content. And he doesn't allow them to perform any explicit scenes.
0: Because we have strict standards of what performance material is allowed in our class. I don't allow for any curse words that don't exist outside of William Shakespeare's plays. I don't allow students to perform anything that is overtly sexual, overtly violent, or glorifies the use of drugs or alcohol. Um, And there are several scenes in Angels in America that are inappropriate for high school performance.
1: But still, Greg thinks giving students the option to read the play is important.
0: Not letting students have a chance to find out about this play, it just seems like it takes away from what we're trying to do in in teaching them about drama. And while it does have graphic and adult content, it also is a beautiful and brilliant piece of art.
1: My colleague Malika Shashadri reported on Greg Bailey's removal from the classroom and the chilling effect it's had on other teachers in Temecula Valley Unified. Hi, Malika. Hi. Hi. The new school board at Temecula Valley Unified has decided to pass several different policies, you know, banning critical race theory. They temporarily removed the social studies curriculum um, because it mentioned the LGBTQ activist Harvey Milk. And they also passed um, a measure that would require school officials to notify parents if their child shows signs of being transgender. I know that you reached out to the district and tried to get their perspective on all of this. And I know that they didn't respond. But what have they said in the past about why they chose to pass these measures?
2: I think in the past, the ongoing justification has been really an argument in favor of parental rights, essentially. Um, And I think several of the current board members um, have talked about the fact that they want to see more parent involvement, that parents need to be more have more of a say in what their children learn in the classroom. That parents need to know what's going on with things that could have to do with their child's welfare. So I think a lot of the arguments on on their side has really had to do with kind of a parental rights movement, um, and I think you know when it comes to curriculum too, I think a lot of those kinds of concerns and vetting come down to to parental concern as well.
1: Not all parents agree with the school board on this. In June, a number of parents and students held a rally for Greg Bailey, and they also spoke at a school board meeting in his favor. More than 30 students of his wrote a letter to the school board verifying that he had given students content warnings and offered to speak with any student who wasn't comfortable with the material. Greg says the administration at his school has also been supportive of him. Eventually, after three months on leave, Greg was able to return to the classroom, but he's on a sort of probation. He has to send all his lesson plans and texts to be approved by the district office. And if they decide that during this time he's unprofessional, or has unsatisfactory conduct, the board could immediately move to have him terminated. So Greg isn't assigning monologues from plays to his students this fall. And he's unsure which plays students should be able to pick from for the American Playwrights Unit.
0: You know, it has been asked of me, would any reasonable person be offended by that? And I just don't know what that means. I don't know which reasonable person or why they would be offended. So I have to change my entire... Uh, lesson plan for that part of the year, um, which is a shame uh, because some of the plays that we teach in that are really important plays. I teach Fences by August Wilson, which is an amazing portrait of the African-American community in in 20th century Pittsburgh. They're not going to get that. That's not going to be offered for them.
1: And of course, he's not teaching Angels in America. So Malika, the temporary suspension of Greg Bailey went way beyond just his situation. Can
2: you share, you know, what some of the other effects have been? Yeah, there's been kind of a ripple effect because as much as he's one teacher, it's one drama department um, over one book, essentially. um, I think it's kind of created an environment where other teachers are fearing that something similar could happen to them if, you know, parents object to anything that's sitting in their library. So some of the teachers that I spoke with had removed their classroom libraries altogether or had heard of other teachers doing so. Some teachers had talked about, particularly in English departments, being concerned about having certain books approved for the curriculum. So it just seems like learning is kind of suffering a little bit more as a result because teachers are just worried about what they, what they can teach students and how they can really approach those topics.
1: Okay, and can you um, share what the president of the teachers' union said to you?
2: Um, yeah, Edgar Diaz, the president of Temecula Valley Unified's Union representing its teachers talked about the fact that for some teachers, there's this sense that they're talking to a group of 20, 30 kids and everyone is going to take something different away from what's being shared. And so he sort of likened it to having like 36 eyes in his class in a sense where, you know, if a student is unhappy or disappointed with something that happens and then that gets relayed at home, that that can kind of create challenges.
1: What kinds of books and curriculum are we talking about getting censored or self-censored
2: yeah i mean i think a lot of it is self-censoring because it's teachers are, are fearing for their jobs and rightfully so you know just having seen what happened to bailey um but i think a lot of the, te- the books that have kind of come through are things that have historically been approved um teachers talked about challenges with pieces like lord of the flies the immortal life of henrietta locks just mercy um the graphic novel version of Orwell's 1984, books like that. The number of them discuss systemic injustices. I think that that is definitely a common thread. A few teachers that I spoke with talked about the fact that that's created an environment where teachers are having to kind of tiptoe around how they teach a certain text, particularly in English. And I think for some teachers, when dealing with books that discuss themes centering around things like race or gender or just topics that really deal with the yeah, systemic injustices. I think some of them feel like they're having to, to not really have class discussions about those topics. And just hope that instead when they pose a question to the class or have a seminar, that the students kind of just put two and two together on their own.
1: Greg says none of what has happened has changed the way he feels about teaching.
0: I feel personally that I've been called to this, I mean, I, I don't really think about this as a job. It is my life. It is my way of living. I want to share my love of theater. I want to share my love of 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 acting, and I want to try and keep alive this art form that's been slowly dying for the last two thousand years. Um, and that, that, that's what I'm I'm here for is to protect theater and to inspire new students. Uh, I, I care about that more than ever before.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools, a production of EdSource. You can find Malika's story at edsource.org. You can also find a recent story there by Diana Lambert about how some of the policies being passed by school boards are dividing communities and creating fear and anxiety for LGBTQ students. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to our guests, Greg Bailey and Malika Shishadri. Our CEO is Anne Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the Stewart Foundation. I'm Zadie Stavely. Join us next week and subscribe so you won't miss an episode.